Hello and welcome to another episode of That Sports Guy's podcast. I am Craig Forrestal. I am That Sports Guy. Go ahead and find me on Twitter at that underscore sports underscore guy, where you can find all of my latest football takes. Also, NFLDraftDiamonds.com is proud to feature the That Sports Guy podcast on its website. Stop by NFLDraftDiamonds.com, your official draft coverage king. Hello and welcome back to another player profile interview. I am Craig Forstall, also known as that sports guy on Twitter. Go ahead and give me a follow at that underscore sports underscore guy. As always, you can also catch the that sports guy podcast on NFLDraftDiamonds.com. But today it is all about Idaho State quarterback Matt Strzok. Matt, how are we doing today? Doing good. I hope everyone's doing good as well. Hey, you know what? I'm sure everyone's doing pretty good now that we got you on here. We get to ask the tough questions, right? That's what everyone wants to know. So, yes, Matt, <clears throat> we'll start with the toughest question of them all. Central Point, Oregon. That's where you're from. What's it like yeah. growing up? What's it like growing up in Oregon? Uh, it's uh, Well, I originally moved up to Oregon when I was eight years old from the Bay Area, San Mateo to be specific, and it was a, it was a big change. It's a way smaller area and very much so less diverse and it was just it was a learning experience going from the city to an area where a lot of people's favorite thing to do is go hunt so uh, I just had to adapt with that and I made a lot of good friends along the way and uh, just set my path so did you make that transition from a city kid to a hunter uh no I never never got really much into hunting uh (laughs) Fishing is more of my thing to do, but yeah, hunting's a little too much for me. Yeah, fishing's just hunting in the water, so you're good. Now, yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you about your college career, because it started off in California at Riverside, which is a junior college. I guess, what is the competitive environment like as a quarterback in a junior college? Um, I feel like it's extremely competitive, and there's a lot of pressure on you in a sense, because... Throughout my recruitment in high school, when I decided to go the junior college route, a lot of the coaches that recruited me from smaller schools said that all these big schools or all these Division One schools have their quarterback. They like to get him out of high school so they can spend as much time with him as possible. And so that really was kind of a – it kind of opened my eyes a little bit. But then once I got down there, I saw the talent that was around at, like, at all positions, and I saw the type of coaches that were coming in to recruit, like, my teammates and – it just it fueled me and made me just work that much harder. And now, what was that welcome to college moment for you when, whether it was practice or whatever it was, when you just made a play that you had made routine in high school and all of a sudden it just didn't work at that next level? Do you remember what that welcome to college moment was? Yeah, very vividly, actually. So one of our uh, defensive ends at my junior college who, is, uh, who went and played three years at Washington State, uh, it was one of the first snaps that I got once we got in pads and I didn't see like much open down the field. So I decided to run and I attempted to make a move on him and he just blasted me and I flew like five yards back into the crowd of coaches. And it was a, it was a, Oh God, one of, the, one of those moments. <laughs> but Matt, let, let's go ahead. Let's talk about your arm talent because you have tremendous arm talent and that's something that has wowed people. And going back to your high school days, I saw something that your high school coach said that you could throw a ball 60 yards through a window. Where does that arm talent come from? Um, well, I mean, I 
kind of should thank my coach because that experiment was never really done. So <laughs> made that assumption for me. But I don't know. When I grew up, I was a I pitched. I played baseball a lot, and that was baseball and football were probably equal for a long time. So just like arm talent, it was just always kind of there. I just always threw the ball harder than a lot of people in both sports. But yeah, the accuracy with the football kind of came later. I didn't really have many mechanics when I was younger through Pop Warner. So it was just, I'm just the person that could throw it the farthest. (laughs) And sticking there, you said that, you know, baseball, football, you were a pitcher. Is there a difference between the mechanics of throwing a football and throwing a baseball? Or is it pretty similar? And that's what made it so easy for you to keep up with, you know, strengthening that arm. Um, I feel like. The exercises to strengthen your arm outside of throwing in itself are fair, like fairly similar. But I think the mechanics, when you break them down, are actually quite different with arm angle and extension and kind of your follow through. And I feel a baseball kind of puts a lot more torque on your elbow, which I did have elbow problems when I was younger because of baseball. But yeah, I feel like they're pretty different once you like break them down besides just throwing something hard. And Matt, you lead a pretty explosive offense. You guys put up 50 points twice last season. What makes this offense so explosive? Um, I think besides the fact about having playmakers all around the board, it's kind of the RPO system that we run. So just it's a lot on me to make sure that the decision is right, how the play goes. But theoretically, there should be an answer regardless of what the defense is doing. And it's just a matter of finding that weakness in the defense and getting the playmakers the ball. And let's stick there with that run-pass option offense. So in the RPO system, as you approach the line of scrimmage, do you have any particular keys that you're looking for, or could you just take our listeners through what it is that you're looking for as you approach the line of scrimmage? Uh, yeah, I mean, you really have to just automatically get your eyes on the defense and the front and just try to figure out what they're trying to do and if they're trying to disguise something, how they're trying to do it. And if the picture that they're showing you pre-snap, if it all makes sense, if you think that they can get to what they're trying to get to and have it be sound on their end. And if it wouldn't be, and something kind of raises your eye about that, that might be a tip that they're trying to trick you and get you into throwing something or giving it a run when you shouldn't. And you mentioned the playmakers that you have all around you on the field. I want to stick with the playmakers at the wide receiver position. You're going to be graduating two of last year's top three wide receivers. What does that do for you guys offensively? And how, who are the guys that we should be looking for to fill that void? Um, I think that losing those two, those two guys out of the top three, I mean, it's going to impact us when it comes to having experience because they were veteran guys. I mean, they were basically four-year starters the whole way through and, set records in their own respects. But I think coming up, we have a lot of young athletic receivers in the inside and the outside positions. And I think um, coming into this year, obviously Tanner Connor, who was there last year, who put up huge numbers. But two seasons ago, there was a true freshman starter, DeMonte Horton, and he's a 6'3", 2-0, 2-10 guy who can run and has great ball skills. And then we have an Air Force transfer and then, Isaiah Brimmer, who's been around here, who has made a lot of strides in the offseason and been in the slot. Um, Isaiah Walter and Caden Clark, they're both going to be able to do really good. I feel like as a unit, we put in a lot of work throughout the offseason, and it should show whenever we get back 
whatever that may be. And speaking about being on the field, your coaches have mentioned that you're the same person after a bad play or after a touchdown. How do you keep calm during the chaos of a game? Uh, I mean, there's always that those inner emotions because you can't just like say you make a bad play. You can't just for, like ignore it. You have to learn from it. You have to acknowledge it firstly. But I think when it comes to being level-headed th- throughout everything, ups and downs, that just that really your teammates look at you when you're in this position of leadership and just being calm and being level-headed regardless. It kind of gives a sense of calmness to the rest of the team and they don't panic when something doesn't go right they just get back to the drawing board and figure out what they have to do and Matt you hit the key word leader every quarterback is looked at as a leader in some regard to the team or the offense how would you describe your leadership style or what type of leader are you Uh, I think I'm more of a more of a silent leader I've never been one of those guys to run up in a huddle and start yelling at everybody when that's obviously there's a lot of good leaders that do that. I just have never been that really person. I don't know. I just try to always be that person to be on time, be early, leave, leave, be the last person to leave, just show the teammates that I want to be as best that I could be. So that translates to the team. And now for the team, what are the expectations that you all have put together for this upcoming season? I mean, I feel like as an offense specifically, if you ask any of us, it's just to win a conference championship. That's what the goal is. That's what we all go into working for every year. And I mean, not to put down past years here, but I think this year there's been a lot, a lot of great work individually and position group wise throughout the entire off season. And like I said, I really feel like that's going to show up. And I feel like personally as a player and, knowing some of the people that I'm close with on the offense, they, they feel like they've personally grown a lot off the field and on the field. And then individually, Matt, what are you hoping to accomplish? Uh, I just hope to go out there and just to see, see the game slow, like have it be slower. Cause last year there were times where it was, it, it was, I, I didn't really process information as fast and as correctly as I should have, but I think the off season I put a good amount of time in and I've I feel pretty honed in on the offense in itself and what defenses are trying to do to stop our offense and I just hope to go out there and just be the best that I can be regardless if that's throwing touchdowns or if that's just completing little short balls and letting the running running game take over or whatever it may be. And given the nature of this off season and how it's uncharacteristic and away from the norm with campuses and such being shut down how have you been able to stay on top of your off-season training um I think being in Idaho the cases have been a little down compared to the other states who've got hit pretty hard so I think we've had a little bit more leeway when it comes to team activities throughout all this but of course like March April May we were not even here because of the whole quarantine but throughout this summer we got back earlier than a lot of schools and I know that we met position group-wise and offensively a lot throughout the whole quarantine. And I just think that everyone, like I said, everyone's really motivated because everyone's fairly young on the offense. And it's a new offense, basically. So everyone's trying to prove who they are and make a statement whenever the first day of camp is. And I think that everyone put the work in individually to make that happen. 
Now, Matt, we focused a lot on the upcoming season and a lot about you as a player, but I want to move to some stuff away from the football field. And if you'll go down the rabbit hole with me, what is that song you're embarrassed to admit you like? Uh, I've been thinking about this. Um, I think personally, I don't listen to it just to put it on, but whenever the uh, frozen theme song comes on, I'm like, okay, this is, this is, (laughs) it sounds good. Like whoever made this knew what they were doing. Well, I will tell you right now that your new biggest fan is my three-year-old son. When I tell him that you like the frozen (laughs) song too. So Matt, let's go ahead and let's keep it rolling. What's the dream car? Dream car. Oh, that's a tough one because I really do like all sorts of cars. But I would have to be pretty cliche and just say uh, Lamborghini. Now, anything special on the inside or are you going to customize it? Anything like that? I got to have red seats. Has to have red seats. Um, But yeah, inside, that's about it. Probably that's all. I feel like a Lamborghini has everything you could want. (laughs) And now, what's the most interesting or memorable college class that you've taken? Hmm. Uh, I think I took a, honestly, it was probably my, but whenever I took AMP, I took three different AMP classes and I think learning about the human body and like working on specimens and all that kind of stuff. That's super interesting to me because I'm into like exercise science and all that stuff. So the body is key and all that. I know Matt, what's the best place to eat around campus? What's the best restaurant near campus? I would have to go with this breakfast lunch spot called Abracadabras. They have this uh, Captain Crunch, like, crusted French toast that they make with, like, baguettes, baguette breads, and they're, it's so good. Got me sold. I'm a, I'm a sucker for cereal. And right. now, <laughs> Matt, well, let's go ahead. Let's finish it up. If you won a million dollars and could only donate it to one cause or one charity, what would it be? Um... I think based on the past throughout my family of having this disease, I would probably donate it to the American Cancer Foundation just because like that has impacted me from like close family to distant to friends, families. And I, I think that it's important that we still work to make a cure with this. Absolutely. Cancer is a, a terrible thing to see. Uh, up close and personal or from afar. So I agree with you there. It's a wonderful cause. Now, Matt, what is the one thing our listeners need to be on the lookout for with the Idaho State program this year? Um, I think if we uh, it's all of our work is going to show, and I think that everything goes is going right now, there's going to be a lot of points put up on the board. You heard it here first. Idaho State's coming out with a high-flying offense. You're going to put up a lot of points. So get your popcorn ready. For Matt Strzok, I'm Craig Forrestal. Until next time, stay safe and be easy. Hey, everybody. Craig Forrestal. Thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode of That Sports Guys podcast. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at that underscore sports underscore guy to catch all the latest updates and podcast episodes. Until next time, stay safe and be easy.